0: Happy Hour with Julie and Liz.
1: So Liz. Yes. Um, one of the greatest movies, we always say the greatest. There's so many, so maybe it is hyperbolic <laughs> that I keep saying that. Um, but I think one of the movies with some of the best lines that we still recite to this day, uh, movies was released this week in in 1986 and that is ferris bueller's day off which of course i love because it again dealt with life as a teenager in the chicago suburbs love that movie oh that's such a great movie there are so many
0: lines that was i don't even know how to describe the influence of that movie on teenagers in the 80s um i I remember Cameron's house was so nice, and then the Ferrari like going out the glass. just so many <laughs> iconic images and Matthew Broderick was just so great. Jennifer Gray, everybody in that in that movie was just perfect. And that's you're right. I mean, that definitely was that's like one of the most Gen
1: X movies ever. And then they're downtown. You're in the parade a Roman. The sausage in Chicago.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Jennifer Gray in there, too. She's so great as, like, the angry sister, you know, because yes. her brother's getting away with everything. Just, <laughs> But it's so us to, like, we're going to ditch school and we're going to go out and have an
1: adventure. I mean, that was 100%. we going to Wrigley Field. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sloan. then Cameron ends up on um, Succession. Succession. He's Connor, Connor, Connor Roy,
0: one yep. percent of the vote. Conhead. <laughs> Did he even one percent? We want to get half. No, of- don't you remember? I don't. We don't know what he ended up with, but he kept going. I have one percent. You know, I need that one percent. Like you know, curry, <laughs> curry influence. Oh, it was so great. It was so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one, Julie. That's a good one. So I too have a little slice of 80s and I saved it for the show. Normally I would just send this to Julie and we giggle, but uh, I have saved it. And what I have found is the best PSA from the 80s that would come on at night all the time for
1: our parents. So listen up. Okay. Is it the one, the drug one?
0: No, it's better. This is a good one it's not i i learned it from you not that one no no that's also a good one all right here we go
1: don't believe what their parents tell them
0: you're pathetic you can't do anything right you disgust me just shut up you can't be my kid you're worthless hey stupid don't you know how to listen you're never going to amount to anything Why do not you go find some other place to live?
1: Words hit as hard as a fist. Stop and listen to what you're saying. You might not believe your ears.
0: I wish you were never born.
1: Take time out. Don't take it out on your kid.
0: I'm sorry, but just (laughs) crack me up. It's just like such a Gen X parent, like the parents (laughs) of Gen X thing where they have to do these (laughs) PSAs like, please don't beat your children. Like, please don't (laughs) talk to them and say you wish they were never born. I don't know. Made me laugh when I saw that. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that one. I didn't want to come out with like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Everybody knows that one. Um, Or I learned it from you, which is also another classic. I don't want to I don't want, mean to denote demote them but, by any means, but I hadn't seen this one for like 30 or 40 years. And when I saw it, some Gen Xer on TikTok posted it. And I literally had tears coming down my eyes because, again, this is what made us who we are. Look, <laughs> our parents
1: were basically useless, right? They were basically useless yeah. parents. Thank you for being useless because it turned us There's into a, the reprobates that we are. Well,
0: there's only two things that Gen Xers are scared of. Okay. And I'm sure I think you will agree. And our Gen X listeners will totally agree. The first one, if you're a girl with scoliosis, since we were (laughs) terrified, and it was literally like a huge thing at school to get your spine checked for scoliosis. And the second, we owe to our 70s Saturday morning cartoons, and that is quicksand. It was constantly... (laughs) Everybody was getting stuck in quicksand, so we were terrified about quicksand. I don't. I've never seen it before. Julie, have you ever seen quicksand?
1: Does it act? Does it really exist? I don't know. <laughs>
0: but, but we were afraid of
1: that. So oh those my god! you're So right, the scoliosis checks. What the hell? Every and year, then been, um, sixteen candles. When uh, what's her name? Joan. Um, uh, oh my god, Cusack. She oh, we had have, Joan Cusack. She, has she the had the big race. brace with
0: the. We always had to go get checked and they would you have to like take off your shirt. You stand in line and then they would make you like bend over and trace your spine to make sure you have scoliosis. I mean,
1: probably I guess, because the doctor perverted doctors wanted to like that was their thing. Oh, yes. I checked for was, scoliosis of teenage girls. OK, dude. Yeah,
0: nobody really cared about that stuff back in the day. Like, you know, we didn't have helmets. Um, you know, we didn't have we didn't have any helmets when we were skateboarding or bike riding or motorcycles or really people didn't even wear seatbelts <laughs> that much.
1: Oh my God, no! <clears throat> I would cram like eight girls in my Chevy Cavalier, and we'd all be like smoking and drinking and driving around like on top of each other.
0: Those I were the days. Had I got when I was sixteen we, we always had three cars and I was the oldest. And when I was 16, my mother started driving, we had like a nice car. And then my, but each of my parents had like a car they drove every day. That was like just a u- more utility focus. So, um, my mother drove, um, a 1982 Dodge Ram van. Um, and in, right. when I was 16, my mom gave me that van, which you know, is going to be trouble. Like just giving a teenager a van like that, no good is going to come from it, and then the, yes, there's stuff happened in the van. I don't want to talk about it, but you can put a lot of people in the back of a van, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> so that was our fun Gen X flashback. So moving forward, Julie, anything interesting or notable or unusual happened this week in the news?
1: Nah, nothing. Another another humdrum so, week. So boring. Our, Flow news cycle. <laughs> in our in our banana uh. republic. <laughs> no so kidding. Week, obviously, for those of our loyal listeners know that we had Mike Davis on um, from the Article 3 project. He kind of outlined what we were expecting at that point of the indictment and explaining why it regardless of what the indictment was going to say, it this whole investigation charging was bogus, which, of course, it is so. The indictment was released on last Friday, after we taped, and of course that's been top of the news um, all week. So this indictment out of Special Counsel Jack Smith's office, uh, 44-page indictment, will sort of go through just the general uh, accusations here. But Donald Trump has been charged with 31 counts of violating the Espionage Act. This does not, which I guess you could argue or it seems like does not really have deals with the classified documents that the FBI and DOJ, well, National Archives first said that they saw in boxes that they retrieved from Mar-a-Lago in January of 2022. Nor does it appear to deal with the documents produced to the FBI and DOJ in uh, in response to a May subpoena seeking all documents with classified markings. So we're not really sure where these documents come from. So uh, it's outlined in this indictment, 31 counts violating the Espionage Act conspiracy to obstruct justice. This involves his uh, valet, Walt Nauta uh, withholding a document or record, Uh, both uh, Trump and Nauta charged with that, Uh, correctly concealing a document or record And um, concealing a document in a federal investigation scheme to conceal. I mean, they really went all in on this one. And then um, count 37 is making false statements and representations. Of course, that's the um, 18 USC 1001, which you can't charge, say, The former acting director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, for making false statements or anyone else, because it's just so petty, it's process crime. We can't do that. But you could charge the former president with it. So Liz, um, this was again announced last Friday, uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith, who was appointed by Merrick Garland in November of 2022 to give the fake impression that this is an independent investigation, nothing of the sort, basically the same investigators, prosecutors who've been working on this case and the January 6th investigation were simply moved over to Jack Smith's office. Um, And then Trump was, of course, arraigned in federal court in Southern Florida in Miami on Tuesday, where he pleaded not guilty to all charges. That's where we are right now. Liz, thoughts, concerns? What would you like to say? Well,
0: I keep seeing pictures of these boxes, right? Like the FBI or the DOJ, I guess, is the proper um, people. I keep seeing boxes, pictures of boxes like in bathrooms or on something that looks like a stage. The left is... you know, tweeting these things out, or I see them in stories or idiots on Facebook or putting them in going, oh, look at these. But you know what, what's in those boxes? Do we have any idea what's in those boxes? Am I supposed to trust the the DOJ when they, they tell me that there's classified documents in those boxes? They They don't get the benefit of the doubt. And they don't even get zero, right? They don't start at zero to earn, like, trust. They're at less than zero. That's so right. I have no idea what they're showing when they're putting on their propaganda efforts to, um, you know, taint a jury pool. Why um, showing boxes or that picture that came out right when they bro- busted into Mar-a-Lago, which was all these documents on the floor, like Trump just had like the floor paved with classified, you know, top secret documents, and people were just walking all over them. So, you know. This to me, the problem here is I I'm not a lawyer and I don't I don't know what the laws are and the way that they're being weaponized, which I'm certain they are. But I do know that the people claiming all of making all of these claims, they're they're compulsive liars that have less than zero credibility. So I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know if. Trump has classified documents. I know they're telling me that he does. I know they're making it look like he just has boxes littered across Mar-a-Lago filled with top secret or to the highest level eyes only, whatever documents. I just don't trust any of this. So I haven't read the indictment. <clears throat> I know we we knew what was coming. We knew what the claims were going to be. It's like they backfilled it <laughs> with stuff that they found. Um, to try and make this more substantive for their um, charges against him, but you know, I, I'm I'm skeptical. I think this is political. I think it's ironic that Trump is being accused of things that we know Biden did, and it's just getting glossed over. I mean, nobody's talking about the classified documents Biden's had some for decades and the really old ones when he was a senator he was not unequiv- was unequivocally not allowed to have those were things that belong in a skiff in a secure environment taking something like that off out of there is a crime nobody's talking about that nobody's talking about all the other things that have been cropped up so this is political and i think people who are inclined to who who know what time it is know that this is purely political and really at the end of the day the president the doj of joe biden biden's doj is has just arrested his political opponent and that is the kind of shit we see in banana republics so
1: well said well said
0: that's just it's disgusting and I, I don't look, I don't even know. Maybe he does, but I don't believe I'm not going to believe it. I don't believe the DOJ when they tell me. Besides, I think I said this back when the raid started, when they did the raid or when they were agitating about this. um Do you think Donald Trump packed his office up? Right. You know, that is absolutely crazy to think that he packed his own shit and was like yeah take that take that and he's just literally filling boxes up with papers with you know little stamp stamp top secret stamps on it every president when they leave the white house they take a lot of stuff with them there are uh, libraries every pres, most presidents have a library if you've been to the reagan library i have it's beautiful it's full of things from reagan's presidency nixon has a library Clinton is. Library, I think, is opening on Skid Row. I think they're still working on that. Obama's just placing a bunch of poor people to build his library in Chicago or whatever. But nevertheless, the presidents all take their stuff. They all take it. And then they kind of negotiate if there's really an issue of something. This is not a criminal process. This is just a administrative process that has been turned into a cr- criminal process because they're hellbent on punishing Trump. So... <clears throat> not so good, not good for the country. It's it's not good for the country because now, I mean, I don't know how things are going to play out for 2024. OK, And but let's assume that Trump gets the nomination while all this garbage is going on. And again, he's got something coming in Georgia. And I don't even know with other places are cooking stuff up or it's in the process. He's got all this other stuff coming. I think the DOJ might even have other things coming against him. This is going on. If he wins the nomination and loses the presidency, the confidence in the election is going to be even worse than the confidence in the 2020 election.
1: Really? Let me talk about the backstory. And of course, we've covered the COJ more than anyone on the right. So first of all, of course, it goes without saying, this Department of Justice is not trustworthy. Basically, the old line, how do you know the DOJ is lying because its lips are moving? So they are crooks, they are corrupt, they are wholly dishonest Is putting it too nicely. They fully weaponized the Department of Justice, not just against Trump and his, his administration, his family members, but now we know um, his voters so here's what is the sketchiest shadiest part of this investigation and that i trust judge aileen cannon who is a trump appointed judge she will be handling this case the left and the media is dying for her to recuse because of course she was the judge who had the Spine, the backbone, to appoint a special master in this case after the raid at Mar a Lago. What happened after the raid is Donald Trump filed a lawsuit saying he wanted a third party to look at all of the 13,000. Let's keep that in mind. The FBI raided Mar a Lago for nine hours. They stole 13,000 items out of Donald Trump's home and office. Out of that, they later claimed. One hundred and two documents had classified markings. One hundred and two. That's it. You would think this guy was harboring thousands of, you know, our top military nuclear secrets. They claim to find one hundred and two documents with classified markings. Donald Trump filed a lawsuit. It went to Judge Aileen Cannon. It was in Florida <clears throat> seeking the special master. He did not trust the DOJ to handle these properly or you know, what they were claiming, uh, that these documents even had classified markings. So they went back and forth. Judge Aileen Cannon, last September, did appoint a special master. She called out DOJ for their shoddy handling of the investigation early on, where you have what's called a filter team at the Department of Justice, where you have one team that's looking through material that would either be, say, obviously, classified or would have some sort of privilege, attorney-client privilege, personal documents, et cetera, that should not be passed on to the investigative team. Well, she busted them on three occasions. Now, this was early on. So this was like in the first couple of weeks where material, attorney-client privilege material was passed on to investigators. Now, that's just what the DOJ admitted. (laughs) You can only imagine there probably is no filter team. Because the FBI can't be trusted either. She also busted the DOJ for leaks about the investigation because, Liz, as you recall, early on, the Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal reporting that Trump had nuclear secrets. Um, You remember all that, right? Oh, yes, of course. Nuclear secrets.
0: Everybody remembers that.
1: Yes. So it doesn't appear that that's the case and of course it's not the case it's all lies so she busted them for leaking she called them out for improperly handling donald trump's um possessions and appointed the special master so uh they it was overturned on appeal last december um unfortunately but liz no one has seen these 102 documents that allegedly have classified markings they withheld this even from trump's lawyers so okay, we so I probably don't exist. Right.
0: Well, I I want to, like, take a quick walk down memory lane here on Happy Hour, just maybe six, six or seven years ago when some of Hillary Clinton's emails had been leaked um, that she were on her homebrewed server that was in the bathroom of her house in New York. Mm-hmm. And they were marked with classified markings. They had the little C on them. Remember that? Remember mm-hmm. that when those documents, and we were told by the same people now, just because it says it's classified, doesn't mean it's actually classified, right? This is, we That's were right. told this. Yep. We were assured that just because she, that these documents that said class, that had the C on them, they were not classified, even though they had the C. And you know what? That may be true because, if you print something out and then later it's declassified, obviously your printout's not going to be changed. So that may be true, but that's not the same standard we're applying here. Even assuming that any of this is true, that they're that they they are classified documents. And another point I just want to point out. I don't know what kind of nuclear secrets they're talking about that Trump had. I, I saw, I think, right when they first raided Mar-a-Lago and they were really trying to hype up people about nuclear, they were saying he had the nuclear codes. Does anyone think they don't change those all the time? Like, do you think that the the nuclear code is password? Like, and, you know, and forever, like, that's it. It's always password. They never change it. I mean, It's so insane the lengths that these people are going to to pretzel themselves into being able to justify some of this crap. Even when just only six years ago, the same people with the same bylines are now arguing the exact opposite of what they were arguing six or seven years ago with Hillary's emails, which are, again, someone who didn't have any didn't have class complete classification authority, I think the secretaries can class declassify things that are within their agency, but not outside their agency. And of course, as secretary of state, she would be receiving emails and information on her computer. um, That was extremely classified, including the locations of like unofficial undercover people. We have in hostile nations where their locations are. And of course, everything on Hillary Clinton's computer was also being sent to to Anthony Weiner's laptop, right? That thing is petri dish of filth
1: That's that right. was getting
0: copied and sent, not even like just full on sent there. And again, we were told this was no big deal. But now, all of a sudden, and I do think it's very important that there is a pattern here of the DOJ acting improperly by withholding information from the Trump council. Like, are we in a Kafka novel where they're not going to know what Documents the DOJ is claiming are classified, and they're just going to go to trial and just tell people, well, there's classified documents we can't, and the Trump people will have no idea what they're claiming is classified. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, and furthermore, you know, this um, search warrant request came out of the Washington, D.C. field office, which we also know is completely corrupted, should immediately be shut down and defunded. Don't know why the Republicans in the House are not doing that, but it should. And then received from this Bruce Reinhardt, this magistrate judge who's tied to the Clintons himself, um, he allowed this. Now, the search warrant was so overly broad that it basically said anything within, you know, a 10 mile radius of something that is allegedly marked with classified markings could be seized by the FBI. Which is why they ended up with thirteen thousand pieces of evidence, including the president's passports, photographs, clothing items, hats, etc. Like clothing, what? Right.
0: Is, this is how you know this is disingenuous. What the fuck are they taking clothing
1: for? Because of how things that are... the search warrant was worded. Liz. No, but
0: but, I, but right. But they're there. They're there. Right. The claim or the, the what we were fed, what we were told. Was that Donald Trump had taken or basically stolen classified documents? So th- I would then think that the search warrant would be to go and get classified documents from Mar-a-Lago. What, why it would be clothes, books, picture pictures and picture frames, Melania's Croc Birkin 35, which is worth you know eighty thousand dollars. Why would I, they didn't take that? But I'm just saying they t- probably touched it. But my, my point is why. Would you even take those things like that? Would are so clearly not documents? I mean, it's there. The process is the punishment. It is. I mean, for Donald Trump, but also just to set an example. But it's so clear. Why would they I mean. If someone is a lawyer and knows more and I'm wrong, please tweet at me and tell me, like, why would they take clothes, shoes or frame frame pictures or books or windbreakers or whatever the hell they took? That's clothes. Why would they? Why would they take that if they're really there to get and retrieve classified documents? Right. That makes no sense.
1: it, it, It doesn't. It's just a total humiliation, a total violation of Donald Trump and his family's privacy. To have these disgusting rogue FBI agents rummage through your house, all your personal items, just take them and do whatever you want with them and then claim before a court that, yes, this is justified because we found 102 records with classified markings. But guess what, judge? You're not going to see them because you don't have security clearance. You're the defendant or he's not. He was not the defendant in this case. He's the plaintiff because he filed the lawsuit. But. Donald Trump's not going to see it. His lawyers are not going to see it, but you have to trust us. And Judge Aileen Cannon had the guts, more guts than 99% of the federal judges combined to say, no, I don't trust you. I am appointed, she appointed this judge, Raymond Deary, retired, or I think he's on senior status uh, to to handle this. And um, unfortunately, again, it got appealed. But Liz, the real rub here and where I think Donald Trump his attorneys will have the strongest case to throw the entire indictment out, is that almost all of this investigation was conducted in Washington, D.C., which was not the proper venue. So think about this. Think about this if this is precedent setting. Let's say you have Joe Blow, who allegedly committed a crime in Texas, but he's a Trump supporter, he's a Trump whatever, he's a Republican congressman. He allegedly committed a crime there. You're going to investigate a crime that happened there. But instead of investigating it in the proper jurisdiction where the crime occurred, which is what you're supposed to do, which is why all of these January 6th defendants from across the country are dragged into court in Washington, D.C., because that was the quote unquote scene of the crime, right? But instead of that, you do everything in Washington, D.C., where you have a grand jury made up of people in a 100 democratic city you have judges including the chief judge beryl howell who was chief judge for seven years an obama appointee she worked for pat Leahy. she was a democratic staffer um, she is a brazen partisan on the bench she has more sealed hearings and rulings in fact when she finally had to step down as chief judge if they only get like a seven year stint. She was mocked Liz by her own colleagues on the bench for the number of sealed rulings orders and the number of sealed hearings that she holds. They made fun of her. <laughs> so everything in this case and the January, obviously January 6th, but in this case the alleged crimes happened in Southern Florida, right? The, the willful, retention of national defense, uh, materials. In fact, the indictment specifically says January 20th, 2021 through May of, or excuse me, August of 2022. Well, Trump wasn't in DC, right? He was in Florida, but they conducted the investigation before a grand jury in Washington, DC before Judge Beryl Howell, um, who, took the extremely unprecedented move of piercing attorney-client privilege between the former president of the United States and his attorney, Evan Cochran, pierced that privilege using the crime fraud exemption, saying that after she looked at what the DOJ presented her, of course, she saw evidence of a crime between the attorney and Donald Trump, And so she pierced that privilege. That's how DOJ got Evan Cochran to testify before the grand jury in Washington, D.C., by the way, and get all of his records and these recordings. Without that, Liz, as The New York Times reported, there would be no case because The New York Times said, of course, The New York Times doing a stenographer for the DOJ. The New York Times said without that, there basically would be no case. So you go to Beryl Howell, you get these rubber stamp um, rulings out of her. You get the grand jury basically to hear all of the evidence and then get this, Liz, get this little trick. Then they realize they're going to have a venue problem, right? You can't charge him in Washington, D.C. for crimes that allegedly happened in southern Florida. What they did in May, they impaneled a grand jury in Florida in May, a few weeks before they announced the indictment. They read out all of the transcripts and everything that happened in the washington dc grand jury to the florida grand jury they can't see how you know the witnesses testified they can't you know see the interaction between the witness and doj keep in mind this is ex parte there's no defense attorneys in there right it's not a normal court system the doj controls all of it which is another huge problem in america We have to figure that out too they read the transcripts to the florida grand jury so of course they come back with indictments and that's how that little trick works out so to my mind obviously i'm not an attorney but how can you conduct an investigation in a totally unrelated jurisdiction get all these favorable rulings and then just transfer it to the proper venue at the last minute get an indictment and then have the case handled there in fact, that, the guy, I mean, go ahead. No, is that
0: gro Is that I mean, again, neither one of us is a lawyer, but Julie's like more of a lawyer than I am because she just read she's read so many transcripts on PACER. Is that
1: grounds for an appeal? Like, can, can I think it's grounds for dismissal? It should be. You know, obviously, Donald Trump's next move is his lawyers are going to go back to court at, to Judge Cannon and asked to dismiss the case entirely. Um, and so I oh, would that, think that would be
0: amazing. Like, can you imagine if she dismissed it?
1: Holy! Oh, shit. my God, the poor woman. I mean, I, I do feel bad for her because, of course, the media on the left is, is out for blood against her.
0: She'd have to go into witness protection. Like she'd literally her and her family would have to flee or something, the country almost. But because I, I mean, I think that you make like at a at a level of logic, you know, that you make a compelling case. I mean, you are supposed to be tried by a jury of your peers, and they probably did that by at the last minute scooting it to Miami. And I don't know what the rules are of the FBI, but in general, it's extremely unusual for an investigation to take place like at a distance like that. It's usually the field agents on the ground, like, you know, they're federal agents. They just there's
1: FBI offices all over the country. So they're Liz, you are absolutely right. And maybe you are an attorney because you are spot on here. And none other <laughs> none other than Stephen D'Antuano, our loyal listeners will recall that name, Stephen D'Antuano, responsible for the Whitmer Fednapping hoax, head of the Detroit FBI field office moved to be the um, whatever they call him, assistant special agent in charge, basically the chief of the Washington field office a few months before January 6th. He was interviewed by the House Judiciary Committee, none other than Stephen D'Antuano. When Stephen D'Antuano has to be the voice like of conscience of the FBI, like the voice of reason, you know how bad this agency is. He When he's told- like, that's too much, it's crossed the line. When he's like, that's <laughs> That's the line. You cross the line. This guy, (laughs) (laughs) this guy, look, I'll set up the guy in the vacuum repair shop. You know, I'll set that guy up. But I'm not going to I'm not going to abide by setting up the former president. I mean, this guy is a doofus, but he actually told the House Judiciary Committee exactly what you just said that it should have been the Miami FBI field office that conducted the search. They should have been responsible for it, not the Washington field office. So he, at the time of the Mar-a-Lago raid, was still head of the Washington field office. And apparently from some other reports, he really fought with DOJ. Um, He did not think that the investigation should have been run out of the Washington field office. And he argued with um, the government who actually was sort of calling the shots here, the FBI should have led the investigation, not DOJ like Jay Brett, who was head of the counterintelligence um, department at at counterintelligence unit at DOJ. So he said, no, the Miami field office should be conducting the search. They should be handling the investigation and also called them out that there was not, um, the US attorney's office in Southern Florida was not handling the investigation. So he actually was the guy who called them out um, and also um, revealed that the FBI refused to wait for Donald Trump's attorneys to be at Mar-a-Lago. As people might recall, too, um, the FBI asked uh, Trump to shut off all the security cameras in Mar-a-Lago before they conducted the raid. And it, I believe he said no. He has said that he has those recordings and he's going to release them, which would be hilarious. But anyway, so Stephen D'Antuano, head of the Washington field office, was fighting with the DOJ about the improper execution of the investigation and the raid. So that should provide pretty good grist, I would think, for uh, Trump's legal team to use before a court. I'm sure, even if Cannon does not toss this indictment or the charges out, uh, that this Dantoana will probably be called as the defense witness and have to explain and will explain to a jury or the judge um, exactly how unusual <clears throat> that this entire case was handled from the start.
0: I just want to take a step back at the big picture and kind of build on what you just said, Julie. So let's take a step back before. Um, the Trump raid, right, before they went and when they were they because they've been bickering about these documents apparently for months. So here is the DOJ and the FBI. They're damaged, they're bruised, their image is bruised, okay, because a lot of the Russia collusion hoax has come out, the details, so we know that they did in fact interfere in the 2016 election and the entire Trump term to basically prevent him from being able to you know, do his job. Right. They distracted him and distracted the public. So we know that. And the FBI's image and the DOJ's image has taken a terrible beating from this. So knowing that and claiming that they have such a case against Donald Trump, why wouldn't you just conduct this by the book? You know, like, why wouldn't you just be do it by the book? Why not let Miami handle it, handle it? Why not? Why not? Why? I guess. I mean, again, this is Dan tuano's word, and he is under oath. Although they lie, they lie under oath all the time. There's no consequences for it. So why would they do things like not wait for Trump's lawyer? You know, or why would they not? I mean, I, th- I think somebody made the point they could have just like made arrangements with Trump directly to like come and go through. You know, and said, hey. You know, not done a surprise raid and just said, hey, we're going to come by and we're going to search. We have a warrant and just do it all again by the book. Or like I said, the Miami thing, like or Palm Beach or wherever Mar-a-Lago specifically. Is. Why not just do everything by the book? Because at the same time, this shit is happening that we all know is clearly politically motivated by how unusual and out of the ordinary it is. The same time, the Republicans are holding various hearings on the Hill often bringing in fbi agents or doj people or that shitbag christopher ray to come in and testify and we are and the congressmen are always bringing up the crazy stuff that went down with russia collusion hoax and all the different hijinks and bullshit they pulled to basically violate carter pages civil rights other people papadopoulos all of it and we are assured by these same people at the simultaneously when this shit's going on oh no no we fixed that you know we've got new rules now um that's not happening anymore we're gonna do better we're doing better you know that's not that'll never happen again this is simultaneously when they're doing this stuff i mean this is not confidence inspiring in the least
1: in the least <laughs> not at all and i mean if you are going to indict the former president And this is, of course, unprecedented. The first time in U.S. history this has ever happened. It better be on something really major. Right. Not, you know, sketchy, not this completely rogue, shady investigation conducted in the nation's capital with all Democrats um, for what allegedly having some paper. No one. Does anyone think that former presidents or vice presidents or whoever in government does not have classified documents in their home? Do you really think that Mark Milley is retiring and he's not going to keep whatever the hell he wants to? The uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, that that traitor? I mean, I would have I have no problem thinking that Bush, Clinton, Obama, whoever has classified documents at their house. What are they going to do with them at this point?
0: Well, we, so we know that Pence found some they did look when when I think it was Clinton and probably Obama when they left, Um, probably Bush, although I know less about this than Obama and Clinton. They they did have stuff. They did have stuff and they just whatever they weren't supposed to have was just turned over. I don't even think it was that it probably wasn't that much, but it, it apparently is very easy to just take-home classified documents since Joe Biden had so many. Biden had so many classified documents. They were in his garage next to his Corvette. And I believe there is a bunch of stuff at the Biden library wing at the University of Delaware that no one's allowed to see. There are all these documents and papers from his time as um, senator and vice president that are in the Biden library at University of Delaware that is closed to the public. You cannot go and look at those documents. So who knows what's in there? And he's been moving that stuff around. And again, Biden had stuff from when he was senator where there's literally no reason to ever remove something like that from from the Capitol Hill. And it's being ignored. So, again, we have another instance Of a double standard. And the more people see this, I say this every podcast because I say it in my head every single day. The more people see this double standard, the more likely civil strife is imminent. You cannot have two standards for people. And we see it not just in this case, this is the most obvious and blatant case. But even in little news stories, like Daniel Penny was just indicted this week. That's the guy who put a dangerous, like, violent freak on the subway who was threatening people and starting to get violent. Put the guy in a chokehold, and now he's been indicted for murder. The poor guy who was who knows what that autopsy and you know blood work showed had he had in his system, you know, and that it's unfortunate that guy died, but he was violent, and apparently, you know. Daniel Penny and everyone was just supposed to let him, you know, beat up or do whatever he was doing to people. So again, this double standard is not sustainable in a republic. It's people see it and they don't like it. And it's so obvious with Trump. It's so obvious with Trump. It's just shameful. So Julie, where's it going to go? What's coming up? Like, what can we expect to go forward?
1: So it looks like the latest entry in the docket is Judge Aileen Cannon um, has uh, requested that the defense attorneys immediately get their secure security clearance Security clearances, from, yeah. From the Department of Justice, this should be good. I'm sure this will. That'll be happen. Next, yeah, sure. that'll be stat.
0: They'll like get that stat excited. ASAP. Sure.
1: This will be the next game coming out of the Biden regime, which is screwing around with the security clearance of Trump attorneys leaking it to The New York Times, why they can't give them security clearances because, you know, they whatever. Um, so this uh, so then that will happen. Obviously, he's already been arraigned, pleaded not guilty. So I as I said, I expect the next filing will be a motion to dismiss, which it, it is fairly common. But it will be really fascinating to see what Trump's lawyers say in response to this bullshit indictment, um, you know, where the records came from, the accusations of conspiracy, moving boxes from the storage room upstairs and then back to the storage room. Um, and obviously, I think also expecting a, uh, a a filing to unseal Beryl Howell's order, secret order to pierce that attorney-client privilege between Trump and Evan uh, Corcoran because they are going to want to see, Cochran, sorry, they're going to want to see uh, what convinced her, which I'm sure was basically nothing, to allow this crime, this very unusual uh, crime fraud exemption to pierce that attorney-client privilege. If Cannon throws that out or does want to, um, to unseal that, that should be really, Fascinating to see what Judge Howell had to say for herself in in making that move. Um,
0: Yeah, that has to be really solid grounds for for the piercing the attorney client privilege. Um, And we know how delusional all these activists, these progressive activist judges are. I mean, a lot of these people believe really crazy shit. So who knows what she thought was a justified reason, like evidence that Trump's attorney was involved I think that they didn't even do that with the like terrorist council. You know, when we have we're bringing terrorists in from Gitmo, the ones that have lawyers and stuff. I don't even think they pull that shit on those on those people. And yet here they are doing it on for Trump's attorney. So I'm very curious because that just seems like a really, really serious like from a jurisprudence perspective, where, you know, again, we hold sacred everybody's entitled to a defense. That's why people are afforded a lawyer at no charge if they can't afford one. That's how critical our adversarial, the process for our adversarial system is. And then to just pierce it, and from I think antoano's stuff that he was saying is that they were doing something, if you go back to the Rittenhouse trial, um, I remember this because it was such a stark moment where the idiot prosecutor was trying to use Kyle Rittenhouse or one of the I don't remember if it was Kyle, one of the witnesses who um, didn't say anything or yes, it was Kyle where the lawyer was like, well, how come you didn't say anything for two years? You're not allowed to use someone's right to remain silent as uh, to insinuate that um, you're guilty. And the judge shut that shit down right away in Rittenhouse. But it seems like something similar happened from what um, some of the reports. I think it was one of the Trump lawyers who came out and said he saw so much prosecutorial misconduct and he was talking about he said he saw 48. And Julie, you had mentioned to me that he thought that was on the really low side. But to, to 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 use force the lawyer to make the lawyer look like he was hiding something Trump had told him because he didn't. I don't know, he was either not forthcoming or felt like it was privileged or he couldn't tell the jury. So this prosecutor in front of the I think it was a grand jury was trying to make him look the lawyer look guilty because he wasn't saying something, which you're not really allowed to do. Can can you elaborate on that? Because I remember I sent you that and we joked about how few 48 was of uh, instances of
1: prosecutorial misconduct. Right. Like only 45 or 48. I'm sure it's like, you know. A thousand times 4, that. But we do know, um, and I think that this is before one of the judges in the D.C. district court, is that um, w- the uh, DOJ threatened one of the lawyers, Stanley Woodward, who has represented a few j Sixers, and threatened him, um, like, something about his judgeship. I don't know if he applied for a judgeship. It sounds like the D.C. circuit, but sort of hinted, at that during one of the um, uh, one of the um, court proceedings. So look, this is a dirty DOJ. I've seen these prosecutors in person. I've seen their indictments. they lie repeatedly. they conceal evidence. Um, the FBI agents who testify are super shady too. like this is not no one should trust anything. not a single word that comes out of this DOJ or F- FBI. And the biggest problem, Liz, is what I just talked about. <clears throat> the people mostly responsible for this corruption at DOJ are the federal judges. I mean, they have rubber stamped every single thing uh, from the January 6th prosecution, which we haven't even covered because that's coming next for Trump. That will be a w- even bigger uh, legal jeopardy for Trump. Um, and certainly it is coming as well. And they are still hauling people in before this D.C. um grand jury impaneled for January 6th related to the investigation into Donald Trump. So that indictment probably will hit August or September, I'm guessing. And that will have really, um, you know, uh, really dangerous charges against Trump, probably seditious conspiracy, um, obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to obstruct. I mean, they're going to go down the list. It will be a multi felony count indictment. So um, this is, this is your Department of Justice, people, and, you know, Republicans are trying to go hard against the DOJ, um, but they really need to move faster, right? Liz, to your point, you can explain a little bit before we sign off. The Holman Rule, which allows uh, House Republicans to use sort of a scalpel and defund certain programs or agencies or offices, and I'm not sure your why— jobs.
0: They can literally okay. like my fantasy is that they have a hearing and like in the hearing, they just say to some witness that's not cooperating. OK, we're going to zero out your salary like your job now. It doesn't exist. Zero. Right. Your, your pay is now zero. Um, yeah. So th- they, as I think I've probably screamed about here before another one of those moments, the old lady screaming at the sky. Um You know until these people get their budget cuts there's no no one's going to take anything seriously nobody can help be held in contempt and be referred to the doj which is like a snake eating its own tail that's not going to work so um we do keep we keep having these hearings and you know the congressmen get their sound bites and they're wagging their fingers at these different operatives and agencies but you know until the they're held accountable for either signing off on something they know is a lie when they swore under oath that it wasn't a lie or they're not following procedure process and they're violating people's civil civil liberties to do it until these people are held strictly, you know, accountable for it with either jail, criminal charges, or your job doesn't exist anymore. Let's say you just don't have a private plane at your disposal. um, Then it's just (laughs) going to keep going. I mean, there's literally no reason for them not to do this. And I, I think that the public has such a different image of our justice system. Um, and that's probably from popular culture images of like our big blockbuster movies and you can't handle the truth. And just like, um, you know, FBI agents are, are glorified. And, you know, I think most FBI agents are fine. They're probably in their field offices across the country and they're maybe, do well, the ones that haven't been. Repositioned to go after J6ers. But, you know, let's say before J6, I think most of them were out there hunting down, you know, I want to think this or most people think this, you know, they're hunting down serial killers or pedophiles or ch- human trafficking or, you know, massive drug networks and terror financing. And this is what people think and then they think oh well there's a judge and the judge represents the law and the judge is about fairness and about our system and it has to be fair and each side needs to follow the rules so that it's fair and it's just such a disconnect for people who again aren't paying close attention to tell someone like i always talk to my mom about this and my mom is again she's a boomer okay she's a boomer and she's worse than that she's a democrat you know she just thinks these people are you know apple pie chevrolet baseball god bless america you know the idea that That these judges are activists that are partisan activists that, you know, are putting their finger on the scale and, you know, actively engaging in, you know, uh, engineering an outcome for their political, for their own political satisfaction. That, That just, people just don't think like that. That's not the image we have. And I think it's just a tough pill to swallow. And most people, sadly, aren't following this closely enough, although I will say more than ever. People are following some of this that didn't you wouldn't, you know, who the hell sits around and watches all the things that the federal government, you know, the DOJ brings federal cases, you know, as a rule, like 10 years ago, who the hell knew what was going on? You know, we just get a press release. Oh, we busted a drug ring. Oh, we busted a murderer. Oh, there's a manhunt. (laughs) You know, that kind of shit. That's what people see. And they're like, okay, it's functioning. But who but it really wasn't back then. That's the spoiler alert. But still now, I think it's still um definitely at at top of mind. But, But people are in for a real shocker, especially when we hear about these crazy judges in D.C., all of whom are horrible people. They're not really there to protect the system and to protect the integrity of the system and to make sure that people believe in fairness, that our judicial system is fair. I mean, this is something that has always set America apart from a lot of other countries, is that we have a very fair, in theory, justice system. You know, you get representation, you have rights, you're 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 protected against the government using its power on, you know, against you in an uneven battle. You have a right to remain silent. You have you can't have unlawful search and seizure, Um, you know, things like that. That has always set us apart. And we're just seeing that shit blown up
1: in real time. And I do think that that's what frustrates people, even if they're like, okay, well, maybe Trump did mishandle documents and he stole them and he hid them in his storage room in the shower at Mar a Lago. Okay, he should be punished. He should be prosecuted. I mean, let's say you're someone like Andy McCarthy at National Review and Fox News, who continues, Andy is a very nice man, nice guy. He should not be in this business anymore. Not just is his record completely. Wrong. He's been wrong on basically everything, going back to Russia he,
0: he has a three-year time delay. So,
1: like in three
0: years, <laughs> Andy will be writing the pieces that you wrote, like today. You know what I mean? Like he's exactly. on, literally on a three-year time delay. I mean, my DOJ; these are honorable men. They're are civil servants. They're serving their country. You know. Three years later, he's singing a different tune. So give him three years, Julie.
1: You know, and Andy Andy is like one of those. He's like Dexie's Midnight Runners. Like he had, he's like a one-hit wonder. Like he got, you know, he got the conviction of the blind sheikh, who I think even like <laughs> that's the greatest analogy that has ever been uttered on our show. Andy I McCarthy is a t- one hundred percent like Midnight Runner. And look, I like Andy. We were used, we were friendly, you know. We uh, I've had dinner with him. Really like like him as a person. Um, But he just has no he is completely I don't even think it's blinders. Um, I think he he has Trump derangement syndrome so badly now, like so many. But for Fox News to continue to have him on and and portray him as an honest broker in these matters, he said on Fox News this week after reading the indictment, Trump has no defense he has no defense, so he should just like turn himself in and just say, please put me in jail. Like who thinks that way? Even people like at Lawfare blog. And of course that's run by like Ben Wittes and you know, they're, they're lefties. But they will give a fair analysis of here are the chargers. Here's what looks strong. Here's what looks weak. For Andy McCarthy to outright say Trump has no defense when you know that this is a cherry picked indictment you know that it omits certain things like Donald Trump letting Jay Brett, the head of counterintelligence at DOJ and three FBI agents, into his home in Mar-a-Lago last June. Let him in. Let him look at a storage room, said, whatever you need, I will give you. That's obstruction. That's conspiracy to obstruct. You know, Liz, I always when I am. Um, conspiring to obstruct a federal investigation. I always let the guy in charge of it and three FBI agents into my house and say, do whatever you want. Right. That's that's how you obstruct. So Andy McCarthy, it is so reckless and irresponsible for him to use his resume, thin resume, let's say, as a federal prosecutor. (laughs) Very thin. I mean, again, I think the blind shake basically copped to the crime. Right. And this was 30 years ago to use that thin resume to give this corrupt rogue DOJ any legitimacy. Um, But anyway, Sean Davis called him out on Twitter, which I was happy to see, you know, the. Going but back there's to my a lot on the right Liz, there are a lot of people on the right. And I will tell you the DeSantis people are really and yeah, I like DeSantis and we're not gonna talk presidential politics, but his boosters on social media this week, especially after the Washington Post came out, with again the source like, Oh, DOJ was not gonna indict him. They were trying to negotiate with Trump's lawyers. That's a lie. That's a lie. We're supposed to believe. Now I'm gonna go on a little tangent here. We're supposed to believe after the Mar-a-Lago raid that DOJ was going to negotiate with Trump's lawyers to not indict him. Who actually believes that? No one should believe it. So no, to I have don't. any presidential candidate or surrogates on social media or anywhere giving this DOJ, FBI, The Washington Post, et cetera. Any credibility is really going to backfire. And I caution against anyone doing that.
0: Well, it's uh, going back to Annie McCarthy that's relevant to what you just said. I mean, he kind of came, finally came around again three years later on the Russia collusion hoax. It's the same people that he finally realized are, you know, uh, breaking the law, breaking the rules, scheme to take out Trump. (laughs) It's the same people. He's now like, oh no, this is all above board, and there's nothing weird going on here. (laughs) It's it's like, do you have amnesia? Like, how could you possibly, again, give them any benefit of the doubt or put any credibility into anything like they're saying? Like I said, what is in those boxes? I have that could be Trump's grandmother's recipe for oatmeal cookies. I don't know, but I don't <laughs> trust what the DOJ is saying. I do not. I would I would need to see more information because, and if the DOJ and FBI were were concerned with rehabilitating their image, they would be, have been by the book and more forthcoming and they're not. So this again, burn me once, twice on shame on you, burn me twice, shame on me. You know, I don't <laughs> believe any of this. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think this is even related to the presidential election or, you know, who your, who your horse is in the horse race. I'm not saying that people's surrogates aren't assholes because in general, that's what their job is, but they are going to do this to anybody. So this isn't just Trump focus. Like, oh, once we get rid of Trump, everything is gonna go back on track. Because I mean, we were promised that with Biden. Right? Oh my norms. That's oh, right. My norms. <clears throat> you know? Um. No, it it doesn't. Well, I mean, they probably wouldn't go after like Nikki Haley. she's one of them, or Tim Scott, or Asa Hutchinson. What the fuck is up with that dude? Why? Oh, why my God, Get out! Please. Get out! Right. Um, or or uh, Suarez down in uh, Miami throwing his hat in the ring. Why? But they're, they they're going to go after DeSantis. They'll do the, exactly the same thing to DeSantis. Exact, I mean, this is not a, related to the presidential candidate. This is related to America and the system that we all believe we live under in America. It doesn't have shit to do with Donald Trump. Either people are treated fairly or they're not. And it doesn't matter who they're mistreating and whether you like them and if, if you're such a partisan that you think anything can be done against your political enemies then we need to renegotiate like how this pl- this place operates because that's not you know I'm not on that side so oh my gosh that was my ted talk
1: Ugh, thank you No, for this, my ted but, talk and we did not even get to the revelations with biden and apparently there it's, there's there's tapes 10 million
0: 30 million whatever
1: who yeah, care, there's know,
0: tapes,
1: apparently the um owner of Barisma, Laschawski, Słowczewski, uh, yeah. He recorded, is this true, conversations with Hunter Biden related to taking and the Joe, Senate I think. And, he has and 17 recordings. Go. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. They don't they are not in the possession of the government just, just for people who listen. I know there's like I want to see them. Okay, they don't have them. OK, this information came from a very trusted source who told the feds that this Russian oligarch who we know, Noah um had gotten had had wisely, I might add, gotten himself yes. a blue dress, if you will, <laughs> in the form of a bunch of recordings talking to the sleazy Biden family people um, and all the money that they basically got, they he used to bribe them to get. Shokin, who was a prosecutor looking into the corruption of Burisma, the energy company that Hunter Biden, who has no skills and market value, independent of his last name, somehow got an 80,000 a month uh, retainer job at um, for dropping the prosecution. So we can definitely go into that next week, but we are over our time. I just want to give a little PSA for all of my sci-fi fans. Black Mirror has a new season on Netflix. I don't, Julie, did you, did you watch Black Mirror?
1: Probably not, but. No, I think I watched the first episode and it was so gross that I could not watch it again.
0: Yeah, it's super disturbing. It's very dystopian. um It's like a Twilight Zone, but kind of related to tech, like how tech kind of perverts everything. New season of Black Mirror just came out yesterday. I watched the first episode so far, fant- fabulous, really good, super dark and dystopian, right up my alley. It's my middle name Julie any closing thoughts before we sign off for this week
1: um, no happy Father's Day to all of our fathers out there hope you enjoy um, your your weekend in our banana Republic so hope enjoy your enjoy your gas grill while you can
0: the patriarchy thanks <laughs> you for that um, uh night reminder julie so again thanks listeners for tuning in we will almost certainly be here next week julie yes yes we will be here okay we're gonna be here next week have a great weekend on that gas grill and don't forget to subscribe thanks for listening to happy hour with julie and liz we'll see you next week